welcome to episode 232 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans' podcast on many topics, um, usually games that are two years or older. We're here today to talk about Soul Blazer, which should be a very exciting time, and I'm going to introduce everybody now, so I'm here with Mike Salvato. Yes, hello. You may remember me from being an sort of editor-in-chief of RPG Fan. <laughs> Good to have you. And Greg Dummage, who's usually on Random, so welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to get back into uh, this game again and talk to animals. Yay! And Kyle Seeley, our resident Soul Blazer expert. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if I'd say expert, but uh, I'll take the compliment. <laughs> Please do. Although I really, really like this series a lot, too. I know we've talked about it. We're counting on you, Kyle, when everything goes to pot to like put it all back together. <laughs> I'll, to, I'll try. You need to go in, into the dungeons and see if it's all. Get those monster lairs. Save the tulips. And so just for fun, I'm going to have everybody um, say their favorite item. I'll start. I'm Hillary, Hillary Andreff. Um, my favorite item so far is the Dream Rod. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through the game itself. But it's it's a little like card capture sucker rod where you can look into people's dreams. See, I kind of wish you hadn't chosen the dream rod because I sort of also want the dream rod for that same reason. Um, I guess if, if that one's off the table since you chose it, then I would probably pick one of the bracelets. Because there's two bracelets. One boosts your attack power, one boosts your defense. And it's They're pretty rad. Yeah, it's really helpful in certain boss fights. How about you, Kyle? Uh, just to be a little different, I'm going to go with for aesthetic reasons. Let's go with the mole's ribbon, because out of context, <laughs> it's just like, what is this? <laughs> yes, the little pink ribbon that belonged to Momo, the mole. <laughs> yeah, and you may never figure out, depending on... Because it's not really... I don't think it's necessary to progress the game that you figure that out, right? I believe that is flavor context that you can do if you talk to NPCs. Yeah. Yeah, it's a take it or leave it situation. But I guess that leaves me. Uh, just because of how uh, ridiculous it is and um, how overpriced it is, uh, I like the goat feed. Yes. yes. <laughs> just that kid trying to railroad you. Best. <laughs> Most ungrateful child. And then the mom's oh, yes. like, he saved our life. Give him the goat food. And then you just get a stupid goat to her. But you can just keep goat feed in your inventory indefinitely. Because why not? I was kind of yeah. wondering, I do know you I guys did. do that too? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we we kept it. And then, I don't know, if you guys went back and talked to the kid again after that. And he's like, you don't need more than one of those. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Have you seen? There's three it. goats, kid. And yeah. that guy's wife. <laughs> yeah, I, I disagree. There are three goats in that town. Yes. Um, well, exactly. Anyway, all right. So that's actually a pretty good introduction to Soul Blazer. It's a little silly. <laughs> it's an early kind of action RPG. It was made by Quintet in 1992. It is the first in a wonderful trio of games in that include Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, and Terranigma. Um, all of them kind of have a really cool theme of either exploring or rebuilding the world, Soul Blazer and Terra Enigma, a little more so than Illusion of Gaia. Soul Blazer specifically, and you would not know this unless you actually wait through the intro. Yes, which 
incidentally, this this text intro that describes the backstory of the game, I don't think I've ever seen in my life until we accidentally left the title screen running a few days ago. Yeah, so right? it, it was new to me. <laughs> well, it's, you go through even like that first bit and then they start saying like, oh, yeah, this happened. And oh, yeah, that reference to this happening. And you're like, you're talking like I should know about this. What have I missed? And like, Hillary, you have... Does your copy still have, like, the original booklet? Does it say any of this stuff in it? You know, I actually didn't get a chance to look at the booklet. Um, I think it gives a little bit. Does it? I don't... See, I don't even have that. Like, I have just the cartridge, so I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't sure how intact your copies still are. What you find out from this mysterious, hard-to-find exposition is that... There was a king named King Magrid who made a deal with the evil spirit Death Toll, and he basically sold out all the beings in, in the world, in the area, Boo. Ooh, for one gold coin each, because he, he's greedy. Um, not that greedy. I mean, there's not that many people in the world, so <laughs> he, would he make like an extra like 100 bucks? Yeah, no kidding. Oh, I, w- I would like an NPC count, actually. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. How much gold did he actually make? And, like, is it per person, or is it, like, their houses as well, per animal, per object? Because, I mean, you're saving more than just the people. True. Yep, very true. So but I think it does say just for, like, the people of the world. I would say it's everything that you restore. Okay. So when you restore the woman to life, you, that was a gold coin, and then the entire house was, what, another gold coin? Sure, why not? Okay, all right. <laughs> well, let's roll with that. Sure, why not? Well, I mean, you do talk to stumps and trees and, you know, things that you wouldn't necessarily think have a, a soul. So my logic is maybe the, the soul of the wood made to build a house like, oh, no. is a soul. Oh, no. Get, get oh, meta on us. Well, shoot. Now I wish you could talk to the houses. Okay. And maybe they're just not talkative. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That would be really funny. They're just very bitter. Or they're dead. I don't know. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Okay. Just go to a <laughs> I dark what place. People are thinking right now listening to this episode because if you don't know what this game is yet, this probably all sounds like a bunch of nonsense. Right. So let's let's They've back paused, up and explain. Gone back to check their RSS feed. What did I download? <laughs> what is what's happening? What is going on? So to back up, the world is empty. That's a huge problem. So you are a soul blazer basically an angelic being who is charged by your mysterious benevolent master to go and restore the world because he wants to give everyone, including the king, a second chance. So you are basically an angelic being, which kind of explains why you can talk to tulips, stumps, birds, moles, elevators, etc. And also people. Yes. Wouldn't that be a twist? (laughs) Oh, well, <laughs> but yeah, Soul Blazer is like it's it's a really rad title to give like your holy warrior. But at the same time, you're supposed to be restoring the souls, but you're 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 blazing them. Uh, you're blazing the that's monster a very layers. Game. That's fair. Okay, yeah, blazing laser layers for souls. I mean, not not to just drag this out longer, but in Japan, it was Soul Blader, so. Maybe oh, really? it was just a reference That's to his sword at that point. Yeah. His blade frees souls. Yes. That is an interesting point, actually. I hadn't really put much thought into the title change. 
shift the context slightly, but I just feel like, yeah, whoever did the, the English localization was like, mm, this sounds far cooler. And <laughs> just went with that. And it's like heck of 90s. <laughs> Maybe. It is heck of 90s. And also, I guess it sort of fits with the magic. Yeah. Because a lot of it's like fire or light based. Um, That's true. And then it all comes from like the soul of a creature that kind of joins you or bequeaths it to you or something. Yeah, you team up. So the very first thing you do in the game, well, is you find a magician who offers to join you and he ends up being just like this little ball of light that circles around you. Because it's his, it's his spirit, technically. Even before you go to any of the main locations in the game, you find him. He's kind of off in the, I guess, the master's realm. It's like this little area where you start the game and you get charged with restoring the world. And he's just kind of off to the side there. Yeah, and that little like tutorial kind of thing you do that's very cleverly set up to just kind of make you figure it out. Yep. Through practical application. Exactly. And what you figure out through practical application is that the basic flow of the gameplay in this game is you find a vortexy looking monster lair somewhere. You you fight the monsters that come out of it, usually with your sword. When you've defeated the correct amount, the lair clears. You step on the lair and it frees a being of some kind. Or opens up a, a path to progress. Right. Yes. It's, uh, it's an interesting, I guess, gameplay flow because it also depends on the lair. Some of them, they just spawn one at a time, which I hate because then you're waiting forever for the dumb AI to just come out one at a time <laughs> at you. Whereas it's nice when they all come at once because then you get a little bit more... It's like it raises the stakes because some of them move really erratic and you're just like, ah, I might get overwhelmed. And then it's also very satisfying when you can take out multiple with like a spell or with a, a sword blow kind of thing. And so it's it gets through it quicker, but it is more risky for sure. Right. So from there, you can proceed to the first area of the world that you need to restore. And if you look at the map, you can kind of see it's very clearly broken up into like six different areas, basically. And... If you've paid attention during the intro, or if you talk at length with NPCs in the first area, you, you get the hint that what you need to do is free this inventor named Dr. Leo and try to find your way to the world of evil to stop Death Toll. Dr. Leo and all of his many, like, usually animal friends. Yes, so there are soul stones in each area, um, and... Dr. Leo has left an animal friend in charge of each area that you visit. And it's a neat variety. I mean, you've got, you've got the like, grassy hillside. You've got a forest. You have a really cool underwater level. Maybe one of the only ones that I like had like very little qualms with. The underwater one? Yeah, because usually underwater stages are very polarizing. I hate this or I love this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I do appreciate that it was not one of those games where, even though I appreciate the realism, a lot of times when you get underwater, it's like, well, we need you to feel like you're underwater, so you're going to move at half your normal speed. Yeah, that did not happen at all. Nope. Yeah, it's basically just a different skin, and then there's maybe one or two kind of puzzly things that feels watery, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah. And then we go north, I think, after this. Is that the one to go to the mountains next? I forget, because we only played up to a certain point. Yes, yeah. so we cleared 
um, St. Els, which is the third area of the world, and opened up the way to the mountain, which is the fourth. Yeah. And something I hadn't noticed as you go through each area, which, again, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about each in particular, but I noticed at this time that on the overall map, they get populated as, like, you've unlocked more things kind of thing. Like, it shows up on the map as well. Oh, It doesn't yeah. just stay as an empty space. And I had forgotten that was a thing. I thought it was interesting that you would bring that up because uh, th- I have been playing this game for like 25 years, probably however long it's been around. And I just noticed that like last year. That's a neat and subtle touch. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't exactly. I didn't notice it until we cleared the third area because when we, when you first go there, as I recall, when you see it on the map, you just see water. And then when we were ready to leave, I was that you can see on the map all the different islands and the ship and everything you visit there, which was a neat touch. I yeah, I think we both kind of paused and went, "Hey, there are the islands." Uh, if you look up game graphics for uh, the world map, uh, there's no way of seeing it in game. But I did find that Grass Valley also has an alternate one that you don't get to see. Oh wow, that's cool. That was really neat. So Grass Valley is the first hillside. Yeah. It's a lovely little place. It is. It's it's very charming. So do we have, like, favorite characters, favorite parts of Grass Valley? I like the goats. The goats are great. (laughs) I, I just really like the tonal, like, this game has a kind of strangely jarring tone. It's all over the place. Like, it, I both like it and I'm confused by it because one minute you're releasing people and they'll just be very thankful and you know it's the shopkeeper and they're, they're saying oh take a free medical alert and then the next minute you release a goat and this goat tells you that she used to be the wife of the guy who lives in the house next to her and she's not sure if she believes in reincarnation but she's glad she can be near her husband <laughs> yeah yeah, and he's just like, yeah, this goat just showed up one day. And I was like, why not keep it? It's I only have to pay $10 million to feed it. <laughs> That's only if you talk to the kid, though. The That's mom fair. is more reasonable. Yes. <laughs> but I do appreciate it. Yeah, extortionist kid's pretty great. But I think <laughs> I really uh, like the um, the guy who runs the mill. Oh yes, water I was going to say that. Who's just like, this is my job, but I cannot do it. Could you help me, divine being? Yeah, <laughs> I can't turn the water wheel to get it started because what am I even here for? And then, did you talk to him after you get it started? No, I don't think I have. Oh yeah. He then goes, "Oh, I was turning it the wrong way." Mm, okay. The icing you know on what? the cake. I, I I think we need to, instead of calling him the mill guy because that was going to be my favorite for that same reason. So thank you, Greg. You're um, I think we need to just rename him as like you had one job okay. guy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Turn the wheel with the water. Yes. Uh. I also like useless bridge guard regarding <laughs> this bridge, but I guess I don't really need to. Go ahead. Yes. But when you cross the bridge, he still steps back and guards it again. Yeah, he's like, okay, you can pass. Yeah, exactly. From what? Like the other goats? I don't... Anyways. But it was Dr. Leo's daughter that kind of clued me into the fact that I had missed something in the story. 
And so when I went for my subsequent playthrough after having saved that first time, that's when I actually like waited and saw the intro thing. I was like, right, back in the day, they had the intro videos and often they included story. Oh, here we go. But the game doesn't start by default by going through story. Like you just start the game and it's just like, hey, everything sucks. Fix it, my angel. And you're like, okay. <laughs> no sure. exposition okay. necessary. Just get in there. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Didn't ActRaiser, uh, the one before this, have a similar amount of exposition, I feel? Yeah, Probably. I think. And that's they're very similar vibes. They are very similar vibes. I, I feel like it's split in a similar way, because I remember starting ActRaiser and going, okay, I guess I'm supposed to go to a town map. I'll float around and I'll try. Okay, now I'm building the town. All right. This is the yeah. weirdest version of SimCity ever. <laughs> yeah. But it's so good. I love oh, it Act is. Razor. The first Act Razor is great. And I hadn't tried the sequel, and then I haven't tried the unfortunate revival that really didn't land. I mean, to be fair, I I shouldn't I shouldn't badmouth the sequel because I think I played it for only five minutes. But as far as I know, they took out all the sim aspects. It's just an action game. It, yeah. it has a reputation Aww. for being just an action game and being really rage-inducing. Yeah, that's too bad. That was the whole joy of the first game, is the mixture. It just like Soul Blazer is. It's an interesting combination of these two different modes. Yeah, it it makes you... It makes the world matter in Soul Blazer that you are trying to... Like, it, it's really a gratifying progression system that as you're, you know, just starting on the green fields and you go through each thing and then, like, the first thing appears... And the game does a good job of kind of holding your hand enough to be like, hey, this one's important, go back. Whereas other ones, it's just like, oh, I released a kid. Oh, it released a tree. And then every once in a while, I'll be like, you hear a small voice. Right. <laughs> I was like, it's always a small voice. Yeah. Well, or a lady screaming inside. <laughs> right. Or and then or the, the cue of, I hear somebody snoring nearby. Could be bothered to find out where, but... <laughs> Oh my gosh, yep. <laughs> Look, that that bird had a lot of important business, all right? <laughs> or no, that was the dog. That was one of the dogs that was hearing snoring, I think. Okay, so guards in this world are not the best, because I'm pretty sure that was the guard dog who was supposed yeah, to guard the, the animal graveyard. Yes. Right? So again, from what? But oh, yeah. actually, no, who also did a very bad job, as we'll <laughs> get into when we get to the, the forest, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, you get to Dr. Leo's daughter, and then she's the one that kind of really starts ramping the plot forward. Um, once you unlock her, because she's the one that kind of gives you a a reason why you're doing this beyond just the sake of helping people and saving them. But she's also just like, yeah, my dad's the key, and he was taken away, and please right. help him, you know. And that's where you first... Do you use the dream rod on her first? Yeah. It's one of the gotcha. early uses of it. She's a slave. Yeah, totally not ripped off from Kirby. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my gosh, why did I never think about that? It even looks the same. Oh, jeez, really you right. Let's just use this item. Just throw some wings on it. Yeah. I don't know why I thought Cardcaptor Sakura before I thought Kirby. It's the wings. Oh. It's like a mesh of... It's a, if it, if Cardcaptor Sakura's rod and the dream rod from Kirby's Dreamland had a baby, it would be this rod. <laughs> ah. Okay. All right. Thank you for making it the rods having a baby and not... No. Like those no, two characters. No. Okay. <laughs> We're going to avoid that. But yeah, so you use the dream rod, which is, as Hillary was saying, is really cool because it lets you... For some reason, you, you're too polite to wake them up, I guess. So you have to <laughs> tap them on the head with this rod. Hey, yes. hey, angelic beings understand the importance of sleep. I, I do like I do like the text in the game, even though they always spell all right incorrectly, except for that one time. But I do like when you use the dream rod, how 
how they write it. Because like when you have to use it in the first area on one of the tulips, it's like, you know, you gently place the dream rod onto one of the tulips petals. <laughs> so you always get that little description. Yeah, yeah. Which is definitely very necessary when they have limited animation, right? Yeah. Yeah. I very much yeah. appreciate it, given the era that it came from. I mean, you could have something as simple as just the bare minimum, but then you've got this kind of flowery, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> language that, yeah, I mean, it really makes up for the uh, low graphical quality. Agreed. They do They do a lot with what they had. Yeah. They utilize. I've just been spoiled by uh, Illusion of Gaia and Terranigma. <laughs> and Terranigma. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, those talk about working well with your resources. Actually, that's something this whole series does well, is like working with your visual resources as well. Yeah. And then figuring out how to push the boundaries as they go. Right. Yeah, each sequel was an extra 12 megs, I believe. Wow, yeah. See? Oh, nice. There you go. So I, I have... I mean, we don't have to move on after I say this, but I do have one more thing I wanted to cover in Grass Valley. And that was our realization of the importance of crab walking. Oh my gosh. Because there's that one guy that tells you, you can crab walk. And we, we weren't really using it much. It's like, all right, that's fun. It's cute. And then that first boss is super obnoxious. Trying to like run up and like hit him a little bit here and there. Unless there's a strategy, I don't know. But um, it turns out if you just crab walk into him, he dies very, very fast. If you like go up the ramps and such? Yeah. Well, yeah, because when you swing yeah. your sword on the ramp, it like it you slide back a little bit, depending on which one, and you have to like kind of fight with it. But if you crab walk, yeah. you don't have to like go through that. You just move up and your sword is already held out in front of you. Yeah. And that helps with a lot of enemies. There's plenty of enemies that are totally happy just to run themselves through on your blade. Exactly. And either you just have to slightly manage your distance or whatever, but that is doing that to the even the end boss is one of the tried and tested things, which I had forgotten about <laughs> trying to stupidly attack him from the side. And he's like, Nope, I'm metal now. <laughs> and then I was and that's why I was really I had written in our when our progress report, I was like, Oh, I need to find the metal sword already. I was like, I don't remember, it's been so long. And then when I went back in, I was like, Oh no, I don't. Duh. That comes much later. And uh, so, yeah, I finally made it through that. But this is after you go through, like, a couple different, like, dungeon tiers and and uh, in the underground kind of thing and have mostly unlocked everything. And even then, it starts into some side quest stuff already. Like, there is some side content in pretty much each area that you can miss. Right. Like getting an extra medical herb from the goat or... Um, I think one of the armor sets in the forest. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like the little uh, secret pass. Oh yeah, that you have to get to the the boys' cave. Yes, and that comes into play again later. So they they're kind of planting the seeds. So yeah, if you if you missed out on the intro, you're you're basically caught up in a in a broad strokes kind of way by the end of Grass Valley because you've talked to Lisa. You know her father was taken away. You know he was important. You know he had his animal friends who had mysterious stones. You know. The world is empty and threatened by death toll, so you can kind of piece it together. Um, and and you you've seen the dream round mechanics, and it's it's pretty cool what they do with that. The you usually either get a hint or you can open something in the the real world environment by manipulating through it their dreamland. Dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love how ethereal the dreams are. Like there's some weird stuff that happens like some of them are pretty straightforward of them just being like hey we're talking in dreams cool and this other was like i'm a tree that wishes i was a bird <laughs> it's yes. very I philosophical. Just get really yeah 
he gets very philosophical and um not eccentric but uh anyway it's it's bizarre <laughs> some of the stuff that they just come up with and they're almost you're just kind of spectating less uh, involved well that right. makes sense as a avatar of the master like that would be kind of a detached role anyway that's true yeah it's totally valid i one of the things i really like about this game is how the gameplay and the slightly on narration kind of combine to give you this feeling like you are a little bit of an outsider and you are you might be a little bit powerful because the gameplay is super smooth and your sword is ridiculous and you can basically beat most enemies very, very easily. Yeah. It's got a huge hitbox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm killing things behind me by accident. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That's always fun when you discover that. Like, I don't even have to face this thing. I don't no, even I just... think uh, I ever attack an enemy from the front because that side swipe is just so overpowered. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Because I feel like each frame of the, I think it's programmed that each frame of the sword's animation does damage. So you definitely do more damage with a sweeping attack. So yes. like, you know, for example, talking about defeating the final boss, it is, you will do more damage swinging at him. And if you can get him in the full arc, but it's a heck to try and manage. So it is easier just to kind of stabby stab, but it just all depends on the tactic you want to use. Right. Which most of the enemies is really, <laughs> the AI is pretty dumb as bricks in this game. I find. Yeah. Um, I found myself trapping things around corners <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. Or if you stand in the specific position, you can just hit them right when they come out of the lair. Yeah. Yeah, because they have a moment of invulnerability, which is always a bit annoying. And then yeah. once that breaks, if you kind of stand at a, you usually can find a sweet spot that they'll generally all run to the same area. There's a few enemies <laughs> that go on an erratic pattern, but most of them just come out in a row and just march to this spot, and you can usually kill them by the time they're there. Now, what I would like to know is, did you guys use magic at all? Oh, all the time. Okay. I was thinking the same question, because when Hillary was talking about this magician and the orbiting ball of light, that's what it does, is it orbits around you, and it can be really obnoxious to try and aim certain attacks, especially ones that like shoot straight forward the way you're facing, and yes. you have to try and like wait for the timing of the ball to go to the right spot. And and then, of course, there's the fact that you can like project the ball forward if you're pressing against something, which is not really ever explained to you. It's a very complicated targeting system, but I mean, I feel like the uh, the melee combat is the same. It's like it's a deceptively complex battle system, and that kind of marries with the deceptively complex story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't I don't remember all of the magic spells. Like where we are so far is we have four of them, and I still only like the first two. <laughs> um, mostly the second one because it hits in four directions. Oh, that was probably my most used yeah Mm -hmm. the um the ring one when you get it in the underwater area at st ellis i like that the i think you get it from a mermaid oh no you get it from Uh, the um the fish or whatever there's a fish or a dolphin that joins you as that next spirit that gives you it it's the angel fish this is yeah and it's like this is good against flying enemies that do a lot of damage with lots of hit points you know the ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all it gives you. Because like none of these enemies really have names. You just kind of describe them as like monkey throwing rock thing. Erratic <laughs> yeah. moving plant that spits at you. <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. And the sea urchins. Um, 
but everything you kill is like this game is a true rpg like you do level up beyond just your gear that you most of like there's very little of the gear that's optional most of it i think you have to find to progress there's a few things you can skip but leveling up does have does it make damage difference or is it mostly just it gives you more hit points uh every other level gives you damage up i think yep you can you can look in the menu you have like shields to show how much defense you've accrued oh right attack and that goes up every yeah every so often and you need the levels too to use certain i think i uh, weapons and armor i think as well yes yes you do cap on them too uh, I found it interesting that uh, the progression is like pretty much on rails uh, because if you're not a certain level, you can't necessarily use the equipment. So you almost have to, you, you can't do like a low level run and actually beat the game and you can't power level. So it's kind of like an illusion of progression. That is a good point because every area has like some enemies outside of the layers, but like you'd never be able to power level from them. No, I, I know not in, enough. in the in the water area, the boss there, which we're getting ahead of ourselves or I'm getting ahead of ourselves. But like I was having a little bit of trouble with the boss. So I thought like, well, we can level up a little bit. We have 16,000 experience. We need to get to like 18,000 a level. And the only enemy left to fight gives you 20 at a time. <laughs> uh. So not going to happen. Yeah. And it, I know there's some exploits that you can get later in the game because you can get as high as 99, but that comes far later. But you're right, like by by time you get through most everything, you're able to kill in green fields. You're feeling pretty sufficiently powerful to progress on to the next thing. So there is a definite power creep, but also you're clearing everything. So it's not like you can go back and just except for like the few enemies that hang out, like those stupid, stupid lizards. Um, that come Nobody out of the water them. and also yes. hurt you yeah. with their like jump hitbox too. Like, ugh, hate them. Their jump hitbox is unreasonable. Oh yeah, because it's like it's above and below them as they <laughs> jump out. Yeah. So the last thing worth mentioning about Grass Valley is that it's it's notable because it doesn't have just one dungeon area that you go you go to. What you find out from Lisa is you get Doctor Leo's paintbrush. Because he painted a portrait for the mayor, and, and that's kind of your main objective in the valley is to release the the town mayor. And you go into the painting, which is uh, aptly titled "The World of Evil." Yes. <laughs> Excuse me, Doctor Leo. Can you please paint me the world of evil? Okay. Um, but you go there, and that's actually where you fight the boss. So it's got two dungeon areas, and it introduces the mechanic of. There are some enemies, some layers you can't clear, some enemies you can't attack because you don't have the appropriate sword. One that can cut through metal. Yeah, it's neat that you have to kind of go back eventually, even to like the beginning areas. And it's a nice benefit that they let you actually unlock a tiny bit more of it instead of it being pointless backtracking. Yes. Yes, definitely. I think a lot of it is stuff you might want if I'm remembering correctly, by the time you're at the end of the game. Um, but you don't necessarily know you want it at first. Like, I think some of the, a few of the emblems, you can get that Oh, way. right, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. Do, did we get an emblem before we left Greenfield, uh, Grassfields? I don't remember unless I'm playing the game, but I'm pretty sure you can get one or two in the first area. Wow. I wonder if you have to go back because we 
got our first one. It was C, and it was in Greenwood. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. I actually do have a question. Did anyone else notice the, um, uh, Dr. Leo is an inventor and an artist, and his daughter's name is Lisa? I mean, I don't know why it didn't hit me that that is very likely a Leonardo da Vinci Mona Lisa reference until, like, the last playthrough or two. But I was wondering if anyone else caught that. Yeah. Wow, I didn't. I like that. I picked up on the Leonardo da Vinci thing. Yep. I wasn't thinking about Lisa's. Okay, yeah. That's clever. I like it. So once you free the village mayor, um, the lovely hillside town is much safer, and you get your first stone. The, the, the master says, good job. And you move on to the next area, which is Greenwood, which is probably one of my favorites. Yes. Because it's the little forest sanctuary run by a dog named Turbo, where all the the animals live together peacefully. I wonder how that name came across in this medieval era. Yeah. As a kid, I always think that was one of my favorite areas as well. Oh, yeah. And it's it's definitely where they, like, they double down on, like, here's all the things you can talk to. Because in the first area, Mm -hmm. you eventually accept. It's like, okay, I can talk to goats and tulips. And then it's like... No, all you have here is you have dogs, you have moles, you can talk to the raft, the wooden raft. The wooden rafts that refuse you? And I think it's interesting that you don't talk to any more humans for a long time. That's true. Oh, yeah. True, yeah. Because the third area has people And sea fish and all kinds of that stuff. But yeah, in, in Greenwood, it was it's a neat little area. It's, I mean, I'm always, I have a penchant for my, my foresty places, so I like it as well. And there's, it feels like there's a lot of stuff to find because like you get there and there's a bunch of little islands you can't reach and you can see like a chest behind a field of flowers that you're just like, I want that, but I can't get it. Right. Yeah. There, there are a couple tree homes and you, you just know that there's stuff hidden in the flowers around the trees and, and there are holes. Yeah, so the mall like hills system. start showing up. And uh, a squirrel that wants food, even though there's food in his house. Yes. Yes, but he doesn't want that food. He wants other food. That's delicious food. We have food at home. an animal band. The Woodston Trio. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is a... I don't know. I don't know if it's a theme in all the villages, because there's not in the first one. But there's... Yeah, there's always, like, some sort of, like, troop in the the second one and the third in St. Alice as well. Yes. Troop is the word I was looking for. (laughs) They are not a band. (laughs) That's true, because they don't really play music, actually, if you talk to them. No, they're actually just like a bunch of hustlers. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I like that these uh, these characters, like, they don't really have anything of import to say most of the time. And I kind of like the uh, the everyday slice of life kind of conversation going on there. That's, that's true. Like, the main thing. Yeah, you get the sense that Greenwood's a little bit, a little bit Shire-like, and that people are very focused on their daily lives. You don't further the plot too much there, except you learn the story of Turbo the dog, who who valiantly fell in his battle against Death Toll because he refused to give the Greenstone up. Man's best friend. Yep. And then you also learn of the, uh, as we hinted at earlier, the the tragic story of Momo. Yes. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Actually, this place is a good example of that tonal dissonance that I was talking about because adorable forest creatures, but you talk to some of them and then you find out the tragic story of Turbo and Momo the Mole who had suitors competing for her affection, but then she went off. One of the suitors went off and they died and one of them's a ghost. Yes. And then this like this mole's like, hey, you need to take me back home. And then you, <laughs> using the janky um, follow mechanics, figure out how to get her home. And uh, then yes. uh, and then you go down and you're just like, hey, there was a mole that came through here, right? And they're like, no. But let me tell you a ghost story. And you're like, oh, it was the ghost. It was the ghost. So classic. <laughs> no, going off of the uh, favorite or least favorite topics we've had, um, what would you say your favorite NPC in – Greenwood would be. If I may start, uh, the gator. One of the uh, the first alligator you unlock, and then you're like, you go up to him because you see how it gets set up. You're like, okay, cool. The alligators are the bridges. All right, neat. And you go up, and he's like, you gonna walk on me? And you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not. And he's like, mm, okay. I guess but it's just, okay. Yeah, exactly. But he just challenges you, and then the next one's totally fine with it as well. Yeah, but from I, then on, it's okay. That. It's established. Yeah. And if you That's say me. no, I think he uh, makes fun of you for being a coward or something. Oh, yeah. He does. <laughs> That's great. I take it none of us said no. We're just like, yes, I'm going to walk on you while I get here. I think I did actually the first time around. Um, but I, now that you mentioned it, I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. But I completely forgot. But it definitely circles you around. You're like, you probably should say yes. Ah. <laughs> uh. It's like even, the, like I said, the menu question, too. Like, that one forces you to get around to the joke. Because he's like, do you want to hear our menu? And you're like, no. He's like, you should hear the menu. And then he tells you the joke anyway. Which is that you're the menu. That is I'm my just kidding. favorite We're character. Not yeah, you're the special <laughs> of the day. Just kidding. We serve smoothies. But there's <laughs> right? like this the long pause. Like... And the, the music stops, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it does. The dramatic tension. Where it makes you go like, what? Why are you threatening to eat me, puppy? <laughs> I can't recall hey, if they did it in Terranigma, but I know they did it in Robotrek and Illusion of Gaia again. Oh. There's, yeah, there's the... a similar question about food. Oh, nice. That's great. What's uh, for you two, uh, your favorite NPCs? I I like the deer that randomly rams the tree and gives you access to items. Oh, yeah. You're just like, watch this. Wham! Oh gosh. Yep. Please don't <laughs> smash your skull in. <laughs> yes. Um I sort of like the picky squirrel whose house is full of food and wants something else. <laughs> Although in terms yeah. of like visual aesthetics, then it would just be one of the birds. Because, because those birds are super cute. Well, and I love the way they they're are. they're animated and they fly around. Yeah. They I'm gonna go over here now. Now I'm back over here. Yeah, and you're like, oh I want to talk to them, but but my honorable mention goes to um, the thing I hinted at earlier, and it's part of the plot device because uh, we the, the the rafts you can talk to them because they're made of the talking wood. So again, why don't the houses talk? Maybe it's only the wood from the green wood that talks. Maybe at any rate, you eventually get to a part in like the marsh level, which that music we'll talk about yes. is um, it's got those rafts, and you're like, okay, I need to use these rafts to progress, and the rafts are like, uh, uh-uh, no, you're not, and it moves away from you <laughs> and says it needs like. A piece of of their home basically and yes, so you only convey passengers that can prove that they're from greenwood yeah exactly and you have to get leaves 
and the only place to get leaves is from digging up Turbo's grave. You dig up Turbo's grave. <laughs> I found that very morbid. Yes. Yeah, th- again, this is the dissonance you were talking about, Hillary. It's ridiculous, and he was just like, yeah, I just like digging stuff. And this is why I said that guard dog had one job. I'm curious if there's someone with just one job in every town who just can't do, do that one job, right? And I mean, you weren't <laughs> even the first one to get to the bones because a mole mentioned, oh, I dug up some dog bones over there and I got really scared and reburied them. Yeah. <laughs> very badly. Yeah, very bad. That's true. But yeah. Uh, just and then you have odd. to go into a dream to figure out where they are, or how to get to them, I think, or something. But then you get the leaves and then you go back and then you start using the rasp. But it's such a weird way to justify all of that nonsense. Yes. I mean, it, it definitely catches you off guard, though, because you, you walk out there. You don't expect the raft to, like, back up and basically shake its head at you. Because or... <laughs> it kind of wiggles. Didn't say the magic word. You're not getting on this. I want a oh, remake geez. of this with Greg doing the voice of the raft. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh boy! The gig of a lifetime. Get me started. <laughs> uh, Greg, could you make your performance more wooden? <laughs> oh, uh, ha! Oh snap! Uh, I mean, this. I really do think this game could probably benefit from reading some of these lines aloud. Oh yeah. Let's be honest. It's it. It would add something. I think highlight just. How surreal some of it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I will say that this whole series, uh, I played it at least around eight years old, at, at least. And that really, there were themes that were way too mature for me that I think taught me things about life that I wasn't ready to learn. I have heard that. And yeah. I, I was a little bit older, but it definitely stuck with me. I felt like. A little bit of my innocence was lost. <laughs> like, oh. like, like what? Your soul was blazed. Yes, my soul yes. was blazed. <laughs> like, what kind of things, Kyle? Well, are you just the heavy, heavy focus on death and uh, just meaning of life, and just all these like really adult things that you don't start thinking about usually mm-hmm. until you start to grow up. Right. I think a lot of the series kind of talks about life as a struggle in, in some way. And there are points in Illusion of Gaia where that's kind of thrown in your face. That's one thing I love about these games, that it just, they can teach you something. Uh, as far as like video games being art, you might not think to look on the Super Nintendo, but if you really pay attention to the themes in these games, like it's as deep as any classic literature piece if you look under the surface. I'm curious what another localization pass would bring to this if they were ever to update it or remaster it for some reason, which they won't, but, you know, we can dream. I want to see that for the whole series. Oh, yeah. Well, plus, you know, I mean, it's probably not an issue here as it is with, like, older games, but I, I always wonder on stuff like this, well, it happened to Final Fantasy IV. Like Final Fantasy IV had stuff like cut out, like eh, we don't have, we can't fit this, or we're not going to get to this. So, like, I always wonder on older ones like this too. Like, was there more that just didn't make it over here? Was it even darker? I yeah. have an answer to that question. Oh, good. I was going to say there was like twenty four more Megs, right? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about that, but I do know that the boss of the next world was originally topless. No, oh, well, Woo. Skull. 
Uh, no, no. no um, I, my bad. The next group world that we haven't played yet in this. Gotcha. After St. Ellis. Yeah. Ah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that saucy skull. <laughs> well, what was our boss? I'm I'm blanking now. What was the, before we moved on? What is the boss of the Greenwood? Lion heads. Oh yeah, oh, those, those statue things. things. Yes. Yeah. Who you can also at least two out of three of them. Stab walk. Vanquish stab walk. I'm, I'm yeah, calling crab walking with your sword. Easy. Stab walking now. But before that, you go through all like the marsh, which had the the amazing. It's probably my favorite music in the whole game so far. Oh my god! Just that 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 bass line in the marsh is. Amazing. Yeah, musically, the game is really interesting too because all most of the villages have two versions of a very like medieval sounding theme. One that sounds a little bit lonelier before you restore things. One that sounds happier after you've beaten the boss. But then you go into the dungeons and go ahead, Greg. <laughs> yeah, and then you get these rad bass lines, but I'm so over the village theme, I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> but the marsh was pretty solid. St. Dallas, when we get there, has a good theme that's I love it. It's definitely like we're on a heroic adventure, and that's mm-hmm. pretty great too. But I'd still say um, the marsh is the winner. And then yeah, you go through the marsh, and it has all like the, the the three different temples that you find out. So you kind of get a different like puzzle flavor for each of them, so to speak. You do, and if you talk to, I think it's one of the stumps. They tell you that those little temples kind of have a history. They have names: water, fire, and light. And it's kind of cool. But yeah, the the slap base in the in the dungeons really makes you feel like you gotta kick it up and clear out all the monsters. Mm-hmm. It's like Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. There was a very like oh, rock yeah. kind of drive to the soundtrack to really right. motivate the you. Rock and battle music, yes. Except this time it's slap bass. <laughs> yeah, heavier on the bass than the guitar. That's for sure. Someone was super into Chili Peppers or something when they were composing this. <laughs> But it's, uh, yeah, all three of those themes. And then, again, like, you have uh, a new spirit you get in Greenwood as well, which gives you that light power that it emanates light from your orb thing, which, again, you could miss, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And and this is a mole in, in this place it's, who, surprise, also is affiliated with the master somehow. And it's like, yeah, I'll give you the power of light to see in dark places. Yeah, it's beautifully ironic. Yeah, right? And it's in the light temple, I think, that you need it, because the light temple's all dark. I think it's that one. the lasers. <laughs> yeah, and those orbiting sun things, or no, like the bouncy sun things. Yes. Their, their power is to be a DVD waiting screen. <laughs> <laughs> An old Windows screensaver. Yeah, exactly. Oh but your hope is that you have... You, I think you you have to find it through progression. I don't think it's optional. You get the sword that lets you start freezing the metal enemies. So you can't kill them yet, but at least you can paralyze them. And that is important in the Light Temple because they have... I actually kind of appreciated the design. It made, it, it made things seem kind of frantic because there were a couple places in that temple. I think that's the first point in the game where I felt really challenged by the battle. Um, mm. Because... It's a confined space because of the laser maze that you're in. And they have those orbiting enemies that, you know, you know if you're they in their way... They can just go way, through stuff. Yeah, they go through the lasers. And if you're in their way, they do a lot of damage. And there are a large number of monster layers. And they're all the type where they just pump out a bunch of enemies at once. So you're kind of overwhelmed. I hate the disappearing lizards. Oh, the yeah, the, the, the stealth lizards that yeah. ran, randomly go invisible. 
except for their shadows for whatever reason. And there's even one of the ones before that. I think it's the fire one that started getting me. A, there's the don't get too greedy on the uh, the hot floors unless you oh, happen yeah. to get the ice armor, which I got after, even though I could have got before, and I was really mad at myself. I was like, dang it, could have saved myself all this trouble. Yeah, hot feet. Yeah, me too. But there's well, the um, which call it? Those the scorpions I think show up in there, and there's like a there's a they go in the basement floor. I think it's that one, and it's a very like one, um like enemy size column uh, maze kind of thing and like yeah the freezing power is critical there if you don't want to just get abused by these scorpions that just go on a route and right, will constantly be overlapping you exactly and you can't kill them it's like a super mario potabo <laughs> yeah <Nope. laughs> exactly um and that brings up a good point about the order we've we've hinted at that a little bit um not only can you miss items and get them after they were perhaps most needed. You can also do that with monster layers. Like you can vary the order of monster layers a little bit. Like we messed up a little bit with the Woodston trio. So they were kind of stuck as spirits, I think for a while. <laughs> yeah. Like in Greenwood and in the next place, like we kept like releasing things before, like in the wrong order. So like you have all these like floating fireballs, like, Hey, you can't release this yet because you didn't like do this other one first. And you can talk oh, to weird. them and they go, help me. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> so super sad. They're oh, like I haven't, stuck I haven't like, run into that. life and death. That's really cool. I've never actually seen that. That's neat. I've, I guess been fortunate enough that I was finding things in the right enough order. That's terrifying, but cool. <laughs> yep. Oh, and speaking of things that you can release in the dungeons, we didn't actually talk about because you get to, see a couple of those in the grass field uh and then in here in all the dungeons is the uh the blue fairy you get that blue crystal and then the fairy comes up that gives you either um experience or uh, just an instant portal back home or just will hint at something for you yeah it's a nice way to kind of break up the dungeons yeah mm-hmm. and they look cool i like them they're very neat and the fact that they don't activate until you kind of come near like they kind of like they're like a hologram almost that kind yeah. of senses your presence and then appears for you to talk to. Yeah, they're, and, they're nice. And I think most of the time they're like spaced out pretty well because they, they will come up at a point where you're like, all right, I've done this enough and I'm ready to go back and talk to some townspeople. So, yes, I will go back. Yeah. And it's always a weird. Um, I find it's funny because like there's a lot of games where they give you the chance when, when they, they go through like menus and it usually cues you up to the choice you will probably make. Uh, but this one doesn't. So I would just mash through when I'm like, oh, I need to go back there as a checkpoint to go back to town and restock on medicine herbs or whatever. And I just start mashing through the text because they go through like their whole litany of things they have to say first before they say, by the way, did you want to go home? But then the default answer is, no, I'll stay. And you're just like, no, <laughs> I wanted to leave, which is yeah. usually what <laughs> the usual, the default answer is, yes, I would like to do the thing you're doing. Yes. Yeah. I like it, the it, offer. Much like Ocarina of Time, you don't want to mash through it too fast. Yes. Did you understand? No. <laughs> no. And it defaults to no. And I'm like, no. I understand, Mr. Owl. At least you've got dope music. Yep, that's true. And, so I'm uh, wondering, yeah. uh, what did you guys think of the uh, Moon Tribe sprites being used here uh, from Illusion of Gaia? I Laziness or theme? 
I have I a complete illusion of Gaia, so this is new to me. So the Moon Tribe, they show up in Illusion of Gaia, and they, they're they kind of like an ancient culture, and they were touched by the light of the evil comet. So they're like kind of somewhere between humans and enemies a little bit. And feel free to describe this in more depth, Kyle. Uh, that so it's sounds about to, right. Yeah, and so it's interesting to see them as a full-blown enemy in Soul Blazer. They're the like kind of like ghosty head things, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, those things. Okay, and yeah, they're um, kind of annoying, but also surprisingly easy to fi- uh, fight because they usually just kind of blitz at you, and you usually have enough time to take them out pretty easy. But uh, they can be tricky. So they now does is Illusion of Guy supposed to be a prequel, or is this saying that like in like by the time you get to Illusion of Gaia, they've reformed and are somewhat of a more sentient race. It's not specific if Gaia takes place before or after, but uh, I mean, my thought with them is basically they could have made a new graphic for that Moon Tribe, but they chose to reuse an asset. And I mean, they've done that before, but it just makes me wonder if someone in development like actually plan for those to be the exact same thing or if it's just a coincidence. Yeah, that's interesting. Like were there other sprites that they took from here into future uh, games? The skeletons actually uh, from later in the game uh, in a dungeon, there's some skeletons which uh, were repurposed in Gaia as well. Hmm. Do they remain enemies or are they more NPCs? Uh, they are just dead bodies in, in Gaia. Oh, interesting. So this yeah. is just their reanimated form in this one. Yeah. I mean, there's no way of knowing without talking to the, the people who made the games, but that's something that I've thought about a lot. Yeah, that is interesting. I wonder what the thought was that that one one enemy would be carried over. Well, not to, not to spoil Illusion of Gaia too much, but you don't get much information about its connection to Soul Blazer unless... You collect all of a certain item and go to the special bonus dungeon. And then there's another tie-in. So so it's not the clearest, like, how they're related. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, like, unless you wait at the title screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does have its own explanation. That's, yep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, one thing we didn't actually talk about back with the, the magic was the, the, the mana system that is kind of like your... That's the one front like that's the one thing you stand to lose if you die. That is your your precious resource that you can you can stock up the uh, I can't remember what the the unit is called now. Gems. Uh, that you gems. Use. The gems, gems, yeah. And you they that's what it costs to cast your spells and you stock those up as you go from killing the enemies. They 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 poop out gems when they <laughs> die of varying sizes. And also does the fairy give you some of the gems or sometimes you just unlock paths to a some treasure do. chest that gives you gems? Chests, yeah. I can remember at least one instance. I think there is a, a gem sprite that gives you gems. Yeah, and then you... And those, yeah, they don't really do anything else except it lets you cast more magic more freely. But yeah, you can stand to lose a, a lot sometimes. It's surprising how much confidence it has, even though if whether you're using the magic a ton or not, still knowing that you have access to it, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, now I have to be thrifty, especially when you get to those spells that cost like eight gems. Yeah, they get pricey. That was an interesting thing about the item system, I thought. I mean, I don't know about for anyone else, but for me, it always made sense to never take bracelets off unless I had to because you get your stat buffs. 
but if you know you're about to die, go ahead and put the strange bottle on and you can keep your gems or vice versa. Like if you think you're going to die, medicine. you can, yeah, the medicine. And, uh, it's almost yeah. as tedious as like, um, the Capcom Legend of Zelda games where you're constantly swapping in and out the, the most useful item for the moment kind of thing. So you're like, oh, I want to wail on this enemy, so I'm going to put on the power bracelet and like really get a head start. Oh, they're starting to really hurt now. I need to put on the defense bracelet and slow that progression down. Oh, I'm almost dead. Now quick, put on the... Yeah, it's... <laughs> it would have benefited from an accessory slot, I think. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they have like an L and an R. Use them. Come on. No, that's for crab walking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Which also, crab walking, like, isn't it strafing? Like, I picture crab walking as that thing when you like, you, you go all creepy like the chick from the ring and you go... <laughs> over on your back you know what i mean um you're flipped over yeah. you're a gymnast and crab True. walking that way i thought that's what that was it <laughs> looks like he's sounds... grape pining <laughs> i would really uh, just i like, can't I'd... unsee that i i really just want to the um yeah the animation i i noticed this time around too is surprisingly like because i think it's a full eight frames and yeah like the way they make his feet cross is very like a good attention to detail. He's not just sidestepping. He's full on like crossing his feet over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you Anyways. want to take that away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am a monster, Mike. Do no, you that's want to fair. defeat Death Toll or not? <laughs> Which also I didn't until we just started talking about it and hearing somebody else say his name out loud made me realize, oh, Death Toll. The toll is one gold per death. I get it. Mm-hmm. His name uh-huh. is very on the nose. Oh, yeah. But any rate, uh, I digress. So Greenwood, we beat the Lions, and then we go on to our final thing that you set us upon, uh, our quest, uh, upon quests, Hillary. Yes, so Greenwood is safer. The animals are happy, if not a little bit morbid. Um, <laughs> and then we move on to St. Els, which is under mostly underwater, but you quickly find that most of the action in the dungeon for that stage is a series of islands that are all a little bit different, which I think is really cool. It is a really neat mechanic. Yeah, and backing up. Um, so you mentioned the like the ice armor to help you oh, right, yeah. bear the uh, heat. With the fire stuff. In Right, in the fire temple. Well, there's usually some sort of environmental item that you need to find and in St. Els it's the bubble armor that lets you go into the underwater the main underwater area that is the en- that has the entrance to all of the different islands so here is the queen of the mermaids that got greedy and she stole the area's gem from Ruth the dolphin no not Ruth thank you <laughs> It's very sad. Which, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tragic. And then, uh, did he get thrown in jail? Or no, it was a different one that's in jail. Okay, this is another strange little thing. He is kind of in jail. There's a mermaid guard that you revive. Oh, yeah, yeah you, you're excited. You rescued him. You walk out, and the mermaid guard is like, yeah, he can leave when he wants. Yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't want to. <laughs> what? So, oh, yeah, it's from like, Andy maybe Griffith. he likes it there. <laughs> It's it's uh, funny, but yeah, you get the bubble armor. That's right, and that lets you explore everything 
blow and it's just like you it's like you're a divine being but it's like no one can breathe underwater if they're not fish or something like it's just like no human can breathe underwater or something and i always switch. forget to put that on for backtracking oh <laughs> so you're like how do i go through oh oh right i'm going back to the third world and uh, i'm wearing better armor but i'm still dying underwater oh no oh man interesting yeah, so there's some environmental obstacles that you have to remember. And this is also the first place, because you go to all these different islands, and then you get one of these items, one of the bracelets is very specific to one of the islands, but it's the first one that allows you to actually defeat metal enemies before you're actually able to defeat them. Because, yeah, because you had the Psycho Sword up to this point would let you freeze them, but you couldn't stop them. But then you get a new sword, and then you get this... Is it, I think it's literally called the Thunder Bracelet, right? The Thunder Ring. Something yeah. like the Thunder yeah. Ring. That's right. And so on one of the last islands, there's these like pyramid things that if you wear the Thunder Ring and touch them, lightning strikes and it will basically be an area of kill thing. And I like how... It, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. I like how it's described too. It's like if you wear this near the pyramids on this one storm island, you, you, you will call down lightning from the master like he's helping you out. Yeah. It's I'll like, help could... you out, but only if you stand. No, no, let's your left. Okay. Next now to I'll my help. idols. Cool. Yes. Right. I never thought about it, but that must be what they are. Yeah, I guess so. More or less, right? Because what other purpose do they have? It's like, why can't I just call it down to the ring? Right. Is the master just like a pyramid? <laughs> He's what's on the American dollar bill. Oh, God. So I I, uh, I like that it's like very uh, multi uh, religion. Uh, like it seems to like blend a lot of different, I guess, uh, religious lores together into just one kind of. I don't, it has something for for everyone, I guess. Which could be just a, a cheeky message, perhaps, from the writers yeah. and the creators to be like, they're all the same, everybody. I mean, you've got a lot of Eastern and uh, a lot of Western, but I notice, like, with the little pyramids, there, there's more. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't actually considered, but now that you mention it, you can you can totally see it. Yeah, this this series is really have heavy on the iconography. You can kind of you can kind of see that in Illusion of Gaia too, because they use real world locations. Oh yeah, boy, I need to play that game again. It's been so long. <laughs> Uh, I like, um, yeah, every area also has like area specific items. So like we had like the goat feed, we had the, the nut for the squirrel, and then you get the, uh, the pearl for the dolphins in the, in yeah, St. Al's. I, I have, I have a little problem with that pearl <laughs> uh-huh. because when you find that dolphin who wants that pearl, he specifically describes it as some, a big black ball and Which it is I'm not. running a running around so much and like i have a big white pearl does this somehow become a black pearl like no it's that's what he wants so i don't know what happened colorblind i don't know what's going on yeah if it's a mistranslation or whatever quickly looks up dolphin vision (laughs) (laughs) right and then there's that weird animation with the dolphin that like stand on my nose and like shoves you across to get a treasure that's all it's there for yep yep I love the the fish animation though. They're jumping. They they change colors because they're out of the water and it's yeah. just so cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's like, they're "Watch cute. me jump," and that's all he does. 
One of the yep. disappointments I had was actually, uh, say that Thunder Ring, for example, you never really use that mechanic again, like with the Dream Rod, and I think that's a missed opportunity. Like Absolutely. Un- mm-hmm. Like standing on the dolphin's nose made me think of that, like that's just a one-time situation when it had so many applications they could have given it. It could have been great for a lot of puzzle stuff, and yeah, same with the the thunder thing. Which was that's what I was saying back with that as well. Is like it's the first time you get to kill metal enemies, but it's it's very easy because you have to kill them. Like if you don't, you can't progress. If you don't figure yep. out that oh, I need to use this, and but nothing really tells you it will work like that. So you just kind of like I don't know, swing for the fences, and I think that's yep. really bold game design in a way. I agree. It's the first time it becomes crucial to do that and you're just trying it out you there's no indication that it'll work well it is nice not to have your hand held like uh sometimes we have these days exactly oh, yeah i agree but one thing i really i've been itching to say about saint Els, actually um so we go to all these islands and each one has like a different flavor and it's really cool and you're going through the dungeons and a lot of it is um most of the monster layers are actually clearing the way to puzzle through to the next area. Uh, they're not giving you as much uh, stuff back in the, the sea temple for a while. It's mostly just progression, progression, progression. So, yes. uh, so you are the soul blazer, the divine being from the master coming down to save and repopulate uh, by clear cutting and deforesting and dredging these islands <laughs> for the sake right. of, of progressing to save them. I just was like, for the sake of a mostly empty sea temple for like two thirds of them. Yeah. I was like, what I am I really thought of? I'm that. horrible. I'm just this, like the, the fish are flopping because they don't have water anymore. What have I done? Just cause I needed to get the to the evil next fish. Layer. They are evil fish, but then I kind of feel for them because I've taken away their home. They're just defending it because they know what's going to happen. They're like, if you bring back humanity, it's going to clear cut our islands. It's a weird kind of, I don't know if it was intentional to like draw that parallel, but it's kind of true because we didn't really see it in Greenfields, Grassfields, and you didn't really see it in Greenwood. Like there's not, you don't really clear cut anything because they're just kind of big open plains. This is the first place that you're like, you seem to have ramifications on the world in order to get what you want. I hadn't considered that. It's got you thinking in that soul blazery kind of way this series <laughs> that does existential way that. yes like i wonder if i wonder if at some point maybe there was an intent that other people or creatures lived on the islands because you know right now there's nothing on them but monsters i mean yes you're taking away all the trees and stuff too but like nothing actually like lives there but maybe at some point it did or maybe now it could again yeah. It's very act razor in the fact that you had to use lightning and destroy rocks and trees and forests so people could build. Yes, brain destruction on the small area to <laughs> yes. further the good of the uh, in the name area. of progress. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that is an interesting uh, time to act razor. Yeah, also true there too. But it's, uh, yeah, anyways, it got me thinking this playthrough as well, which is something I didn't realize the first time around. And you might not think of when you're a kid either. You just are like, cool, I get to move on. And, oh, now there's more enemies. And, oh, they're throwing rocks at me. What jerks. Um, <laughs> yes. Monster's bad. Go destroy them. Yeah. Yes. And then those stupid birds. 
Oh God, the cyclone birds. Yes, we call them cyclone birds. <laughs> cyclone you birds, know the yes. enemy. Yes. Yeah, you, you know, know the, the enemy. Birds. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, they're probably yeah one of my least favorite things there. I was gonna say also in the marsh. In the marsh is that where we have the um those plants that have the vine things that shoot yep. at you? Yeah. No, I hated no those. that's here too. I think that's here too. Yeah. Oh, they're here too as well. Okay. They were anyways. I don't like them a lot. But does anybody no. else get a Muppet vibe from the rocks? <laughs> the the, the oh. <laughs> sentient rocks that attack you. Yep. Yes. The I Trump didn't. Rocks, but I can yeah. see that. It's the red so... mouth. They just look like Kermit the Frogs. It's true. They kind of look like they have a puppet face, a puppet mouth. And that's all you see. Like, these these enemies look like normal. Rock. And amazingly, like, you can hit them just fine. I guess metal and rock, very, very different. Yeah. Um, yep. But, yeah, you, you they are slightly different color from regular rocks until you walk up to them. And then they just have this kind of slit mouth and they jump and open it and chomp. And yeah. It's very <laughs> You know, um, going back to inventories and uh, changing up equipment, I'm wondering, uh, what were they underwater, the metal things? Uh, I can't remember what uh, animal they were based on, but did you guys have problems with uh, your sword freezing them when you just want to swing your sword, swing your sword, and kill them? Oh, the crabs? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Once I switched over, I was like, oh, this is so much better. Yeah, I realized that it was better just to put on a weaker sword with them until I get a better one. But I thought yep. that was uh, an interesting thing that, I mean, I wouldn't have as a kid thought, I better switch to a different weapon. Right. Yeah. And then you yeah. find all these mermaid statues that open, again, the alternate paths to all the other islands until finally you get to the the final path. Which is a ghost ship. Which actually, there's another like macabre little story. Oh, geez, yeah. yeah. This is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. You tell it. Yeah, you do. I mean, it's it's another one of those hidden things where if you don't use the dream rod, you just are going to miss this chunk of story. But I, I thought it was really cool that one of these dolphins was reincarnated from a child who was on this ghost ship. And it just shows this really sad little memory of this kid and his father knowing that they're about to die uh, the kid ends up putting one gem in a treasure chest hoping that someone will find it surprise you find it but it just that was probably like up to that point the most impactful moment for me because it really called into questions about just mortality yeah well and the and the order in which it happens too because I definitely got that one gem first. And I was like, why is there one gem in a treasure chest? And yeah. then that's so, such a waste. So disappointing. And then you, and then you, you revive more of St. L's and do, what does he get reincarnated as? Uh, oh. is, a a is dolphin, it? I believe. Uh, he's yeah. a yeah. friend of a mermaid in the upper left corner. Yep. Yeah. That's the only way you find out. Cause she says her name. And then when you get in there, his name gets said and you're just like, Oh yeah. He says his name. And, uh, and then, if you if you go through all of that, you go, oh my god, that was his like one treasured. Oh, yeah, that hits you pretty hard too. Hmm. And going back to what Mike's struggle was, did you also think that one gem was going to be the black pearl? Because <laughs> I oh. because I had the same thing too. I was just like, I don't have a black. Maybe this is it's the kids thing. I'm like, it's just one gem. This is dumb, stupid kid. <laughs> not really, but not that callous. But yeah, I was just like, oh, well, then where the heck is this? Oh, is it the? Uh. But yeah, and then you were saying, Kyle, it's morbid. 
Oh, uh, in Illusion of Gaia, I won't swear to it, but I feel like there was a kid named Service, which was the dolphin's name. And uh, if, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, this kid's father was like off away and uh, you find his skeleton at one point. I could be wrong, but I know that that was a, an event that happened in that game. If that's no, the I remember case, the name wow. too. That's an interesting tie-in. Oh boy. Also, is that one of those old English names where like the poor kid, that's all his life was, was being a servant? So his name was Service. It's like Ooh. The reasons uh-huh. where that was their job. Well, I hope not. You know, I, guess I mean, it's a different it spelling, but that makes sense. Right? <laughs> At any rate, uh-huh. it's, um, yeah, it's one of those surprisingly morbid moments on the stupid ghost ship with those stupid flame torches that you think oh maybe i have to like kill them all at the same time and then they'll stay dead no they never do they don't stay dead no they just are the most obnoxious and then you've got slugs exploding out of the boat for whatever reason and the the debris can oh my god that stupid debris yeah and then you finally get to uh the topless skull boss and uh, <laughs> with his uh gets very handsy with you oh <laughs> And there's conveniently like a row of the torches so you can't move around as much as you would like ever. Yeah, you can't just be like, you can't find a sweet spot and just, you know, manipulate that. Like it's, you definitely had to play the dance of equipping different things because I was like, well, I just want to rip through this with the power band. But if I'm not careful, you can really get chewed up real fast if you don't have the the high defense on. Yep. I I died real good. I think my first time I encountered this thing because... Stupid grabby hands. They do more damage than I gave them credit for. They do so much. Yeah. yeah. I, I was surprised a couple times at least. Yeah. Until you realize, like, don't stand in, like, the center. Like, you kind of have to... Like, you find a strategy to get around things, but you... It's, yep. um... Stay to the side. Yeah. It's classic, um, like, arcade shooter kind of style thing where there's a lot to be aware of in that battle. There's a lot of mm-hmm. moving parts, and it's, it's a lot to yep. manage. You gotta learn the pattern. A uh, quick update. I did look it up. Uh, the character in Gaia's name was Sabas, and in this it was Service. So I'm thinking yeah, maybe it was close. the same person, just translated differently. His father maybe. was looking for a ship in the latter game as well. Mm. Oh, maybe, yeah. Intriguing. Well, I mean, it is, like like you said, Kyle, it's firmly established that it is the same world, basically. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's no reason that one couldn't take place right after the other or concurrent. The dad is the skeleton boss. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be awful. No. no. His rage over the loss of his son was turned to that. Oh. It could and then be you that. have to defeat him. I right? hate that I want that to be canon. <laughs> It makes for I mean, good Better drama. motivation than most random dungeon bosses, let's be honest. Well, yeah, because, like, uh, yeah, we've seen these three random bosses that we, like, we don't even know why they're there. Like, did Death Toll put them there? Was it the gem that attracted them? Like, you were, you're kind of expecting, even with the storyline of going on in St. Al's, that, like, perhaps you're going to be fighting, like, the corrupted mermaid queen. But, like, no, you get mm-hmm. to just Davy Jones's ship and, you know, fight a skull boss that's very piratey. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing really tying any of these monsters to the world except, you know, fight reasons. The only thing I can think of with the pirate ship kind of thing is just there's definitely a theme uh, that I don't want to get too much into this time. But of 
man is man okay are they good or are they not good and maybe that kind of ties into that that there were humans here when you really haven't seen many humans other than in grass valley yeah and the closest analog you know their queen got greedy and corrupted by the gem which everyone is very easy to forgive. But again, that's kind of the theme of the game so far is yeah. forgiveness and second chances. Yep. Good enough for the master. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you defeat the pirate skull, possibly. The topless skull. <laughs> Potentially yeah, father. It. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you say that, I really just picture like the frontal skull plate just off. It's like when you turn the skull of your enemy into a mug. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, anyway. So you do that. That revives the palace. Revives the queen. She becomes understanding. Like we alluded to. Yeah, my bad. I think she gives you the gem. And says, I see the, the need for you to have this. Here you go. Yeah, and again, you don't wonder like how that behavior got corrected because like you did nothing and you know if it's just out of gratitude and realizing like oh i'm back and maybe i should rethink my actions that led me to this point it's a classic ebenezer scrooge moment yeah yeah that's true i'll change something i've always wondered about this game is like just how aware is everybody that they've been gone because there seem to be some like varying levels of awareness of that time passing of being in a place of non-being hmm Maybe it's like dreams, where some people remember their dreams really well, and some people have no recollection. It could vary from person to person. Yeah. Yeah, because some of it you feel like, yeah, they were aware, and others it feels more like, everyone told me that this happened, so thanks, mm -hmm. you know. But none of them really, yeah, not a lot of them really know that they were gone. They just only know that they're back, but some people are missing. Why? <laughs> and that's the only way they kind of seem to piece it together, maybe. Um, did anybody else also try doing the dance with the mermaids? Does anything happen from that? Or is that just uh, a red herring? Red herring as far as I'm aware. Yep. We, yep. We did too. We fell for it. We later looked it up. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I gave you up You get to dance it. with mermaids. That's reward enough. Yeah. I mean, you know, who fair. wouldn't want to do that? Were the fair fish point. in St. L's red herrings? <laughs> Purple angel. No. They're angel fish. They're angel fish. Ha, ha, ha. But the best angel is that one that heals you for free. Yes. Yeah. Pun crashed and landed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we called you on it. At any rate. So, yeah, we have. I can't remember the next place that we're going to. Is it the snowy place next? Yeah, it's uh, Lainol, okay. is the name of the something there. I don't know if it's the name of the town or the name of the mountain, but. The Mountain of Souls. Yeah. Nice. Any wrap-up kind of final thoughts about the game so far? What are you looking forward to? I think I'm looking forward to Dr. Leo's lab because that's really where a lot of the story picks up. And Yeah, we'll get to find out really what happened and what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and I think getting to figure out yeah, what the how King Maggard just fell so into this whole thing. I'm excited to um, finally get the metal sword 
and go back yes. and get get stuff because I cannot yeah. remember if I did that my first playthrough. I feel like by the time I got there, I forgot that that was a thing and didn't actually end up going back. I can't remember. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see and kind of catalog exactly what each of us missed and what we found when we go back. Yeah, definitely. Um, so for now, why don't we all go around and let listeners know where we can be reached. Um, so again, I'm Hillary. Um, I'm EP Fire on Discord and Hillary A at RPGFan.com. And I'm Mike, and I am on Twitter, but I don't use it that much. But I'm at Valkyrie Studio on Twitter. I am Greg Delmage. You can reach me at P.O. But no, um, I uh, can be found basically as at Greg Delmage, more or less anywhere. I'm G Delmy on our Discord. So uh, hit me up there. And, uh, you know, I'm also in charge of podcast.rpgfan.com. So, you know, if you want to talk to me about Random Encounter, you can email me there. And we also have retro at rpgfan.com for comments on this episode. Retro. We like feedback. It's good. Please also don't forget to rate on. And Kyle. Yeah, I was. I, I didn't want to interrupt anyone. Uh, nope. Sorry. This is Kyle Seeley, and uh, you can reach me at Kyle S at rpgfan.com. Uh, as before, still nothing outside of that, but that may change in future episodes. He's going to have a a Soul Blazer only Twitter account where you just tweet Soul Blazer. Oh, if only. (laughs) No, I'm thinking a professional site. Yeah, sorry, Kyle. I heard an email address and like leapt off that. Oh, my God. I accidentally segued you. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Yes. Also, don't forget to rate on your preferred podcast platform. I was thought you were going to say rate your preferred podcast. Like, should yes, we keep retro? Do you like Random Encounter better? What about Hat and no, Eric? Maybe they're doing do better that. than we all are. <laughs> I vote for Rhythm Encounter. <laughs> Every, well, lots of people like Rhythm. Yes. I got to go with uh, Retro because I feel like that is like the only one that I'm ever on. <laughs> well, That's a if, fair point. I'm sorry, Greg, but I, I think my proportion of appearances has been retro as well it's okay <laughs> heavily that. That, that's totally fair everybody <laughs> likes it better because there's more of it i kid we're not competing no, i'll make it a point to cross here. over at some point it's yep. all good you're there always welcome but anyway you were saying hillary well i'm glad everybody's been enjoying soul blizzard so far um coming up we are gonna have a game journal on mother three which is long anticipated yes. Yay! Oh! I think that showed up on our like internal staff polls, what, at least two or three times. And every time I was surprised that it didn't win. Yeah, same. So that's exciting. That's finally happening. Well, thank you all for joining on this journey. And we will, you know, keep fighting the good fight, destroying those monster lairs, reviving the world. And blazing souls. And blazing souls. And talking to goats. And yes. Don't forget to talk to your goats. You talk to ghosts probably because you blaze souls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, take care, everyone. Good night and good luck.